1: back home was written by Bill Martin and Phil Coulter. it was recorded the 1970 England World Cup squad and that was the one that began the tradition of England squad recording their World Cup songs to celebrate their involvement we're going to run with that theme throughout the show bring you three or four of those, let you see how they've evolved over the years that reached number one on the UK singles for three weeks in May 1970 when England were reigning world champions Gareth, having won the '66 World Cup and actually, apparently I wasn't alive then <laughs> Apparently <laughs> but, uh, You apparently, weren't alive then appa- No but apparently They had a better team Then than they did in 66 But I'm dropping some clichés About the, the weather conditions they close, In Mexico course, were
2: close, weren't they To beat in, uh, West Germany They were 2-0 uh, up Weren't
1: yeah, there, in the quarter season, they In the quarterfinals? And they've 3-2 In typical England fashion I would say Right more on the World Cup later But we're going to Brush over some Sunderland stuff first, and with me, Stephen Gorseth, to do so is my columnist, Gareth Barker, as always, and also the deputy editor of Love Supreme, Chris Thompson. You alright, Chris?
3: I'm not bad, mate. Um, you know, the callback thing's kind of... Yeah, I've still got that sour taste in my mouth, but look, Have I've got a nice bottle of water here. To
1: well, luckily for you, that is where we're going to start, because we couldn't really talk about Sunderland without... and. Well, ignore the massive ginger elephant in the room, I guess, with Jack Colback. back. Um, he's made me look a bit silly, which isn't hard to do, granted, because uh, I said a couple of weeks ago here that I didn't think he would leave. But do you want to expand on your feelings, Chris? You're feeling very bitter about things, like, like Sunderland are, with that official statement they released, which was ill-advised, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what to read in the statement. I think, I think it is nice that they've came out and said, look, we did everything in our power to keep Jack... He's he's an academy products and we're I, th- I think reading between the lines, they basically said we're into keeping academy products and that, which you know history doesn't dictate that would do with Jordan Henderson. But you know it's always nice to see from a football club that they rate academy products. Um, I think I w-
1: I, w- I was fine with the statement up until the last sentence where they said it leaves a bit of taste. I just thought that was yeah, bit, it, it, it was a bit disappointing. I thought they didn't you don't know, you don't need to tell the world that you're bitter about it. I think that's obvious from the the statement you've put out, mm-hmm. and it was just I think they ended it in the wrong place personally.
3: Yeah, it seemed a bit informal in that sense. Saying leaves a bit of taste, but I don't know. I'm probably just reiterating everyone else's opinions. But I'm not bothered about the talent that's left the club. I'm not bothered about a player from our club joining Newcastle, but I am bothered about an academy product joining Newcastle because he's been here what ten years now. Well, Wait, been, more well, than he was, that he's been here since, 10 since years. he was eight. So, so, so long. So Fifteen, like 50, years, 15 yeah, years. Fifteen years. I mean, it's a it's a long time, like.
1: You haven't been Colbach's biggest fan over the last couple of years, Gareth, have you? But no. you s- you're still disappointed about <coughs> just the way things have materialised?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's the the main bugbear. I think um overall, you know, if you've if you've got Larson then you probably don't really need Colbach if you've brought in Gomez. Um and it's it's on going back to the statement I think, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, um I just feel it's it's their prerogative to be you know professional. That's what they should be doing. And it's it's the fans' prerogative to be upset about it, and annoyed irrationally. And I kind of was annoyed irrationally about it. I mean, there's you know football is full of irrational actions. That's why you get things like derbies and stuff. It's completely nonsensical to to anyone else. But and it it's all based on nonsense, really. It's just a you know human that basic human condition that you have to have some sort of rivalry. And that's what it's down to. I mm. think that that was the annoying thing, that he went to Newcastle. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that that was I mean, annoying.
1: But it makes it a bit interesting as well, doesn't it? I mean, Chris, you're saying you're you not know, bothered the fact he's gone to Newcastle. I know you're trying to be all mature and logical about it and rational, as Gareth's saying, because you're you irrational about these things. But, I mean, it, it's the highest profile cross between Tyne and Wayne since Lee Clark. Circumstances yeah. were different. This one's similar to the Paul Bracewell one and he turned down a contract at summoned and went in Newcastle. I think with a it's just, it's interesting, is not it? For the, for, I mean, the media. It's great for the media when you're working in the media and you, you suddenly have this sort of thing crop up. And it's is it good in a way for Northeast football from it from the outside perspective?
3: Well, I've never really thought about it like that. But yeah, in a way, it is because it does kind of increase the prestige of, of Northeast football. I mean. We think that the time we're is like the biggest thing in the universe. You know what I mean? But it fe- is. People, down, people <laughs> down south probably don't feel that way. You know what I mean? People in Manchester and Liverpool probably don't feel that way. But just to, just to extend on what I said, um, I am bothered that he's joined Newcastle. I wouldn't be bothered if, for example, if Seb Larson's contract ran down and he joined Newcastle, it would kind of annoy us a little bit. But I wouldn't be annoyed to the extent that callback, that, that I am with Colbeck because we've made him the. Foo- the footballer mm. and the man that he is unfortunately
1: it's I'm not buying the uh, whole it's my dream to play for Newcastle thing either because he could have left you know he was captain of Sunderland's academy as a kid and you know I ha- mm-hmm. haven't been around well, he's been here the majority th- of yeah, his life well, it, I haven't been around those setups myself because I've run for kids football teams and stuff myself I know that it, it isn't the hardest thing in the world to do to cross to cross over so this is v- very much a recent thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, well,
3: if if he's saying you know Newcastle me boyhood club, I mean, at what stage in his boyhood has he de- decided that he's a Newcastle supporter? I mean, he hasn't really had much boyhood until he joined Sunderland. Like if he joined when he was eight, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not even confident that I understood the game of football like long before then. You know what I mean? So That's why
1: he's a pro and you're not, Chris. Exactly.
3: Yeah, that <laughs> might be it.
1: <laughs> right. But where where <laughs> does this lead? What, what about him as a player then? In your opinion?
3: No, I'm not bothered. He's no. He's v- he's vanilla. He's missed a five out of ten.
1: Five out of ten. Yeah, just, you know. He's no, he doesn't even get the average he six. He doesn't he even get the football manager's six. Championship manager's average six. I'm
3: if if he was on Championship Manager, he'd be, he'd be he'd be a strong reserve player.
2: Well, Don Hutchison said that he was a a seven out of ten player in everything he does, which
3: passing re- sideways. Maybe. Well,
2: I couldn't really. I couldn't really relate to that what comment. What, to be about,
1: what about the fact in a, in a similar when we've had a similar debate about Larson before he signed his contract and we looked at Larson and he'd had a he's had a general average below average three years, but in his last five games he played very well and we've said now you know we've given him the benefit of the doubt, haven't we? And said that he's if he's going to play like that next season, then you know we have to give him the chance to do that. Is it similar in a way with Callback where we think you know he's still relatively young? He's finally found a place in the side where he's, and he looks like he's on an upwards trajectory because his form was great in the last few games as well he got you' got that goal arriving in the box against West Brom as well, and these are the kind of things we've been waiting for with Jack
2: yeah, but at the same time, I feel as though even in Larson's quieter periods, the likelihood is that he could still produce something and I don't think you you'd ever you've ever got that with callback um in my opinion um <coughs> like Chris is saying he's a decent player um but I think it is the the bugbear is the the fact he's gone to Newcastle for a lot of people and I don't think people should be ashamed to to, to admit that because you know it's, I think it's perfectly a normal reaction um you know it's the rivalry's massive and
1: it's going to make it with the Derby at the Stadium of Light like yeah, next I year Very I
2: mean interesting, uh, you it? use Clark as an example but I mean Clark moved down a division to play for and Clark wins. didn't play against Newcastle for exactly something he didn't play so you know you, you're going to have that if, if callback gets in um, I'm not sure it's how he's like going to get a
1: mysterious injury oil when it comes to the Stadium of Light Lee Clark when, when he left and went to Fulham never played did he at the Stadium of Light like he always, always pulled up with something for like one game <laughs> Yeah, mysterious injury
2: yeah, Darren Bent had a few of them as well,
1: didn't mm. he? <laughs> when um, Gomez signed Chris, I immediately thought Callback Larson might not renew because that does seem as little as we know about Gomez. You know, we obviously know a little about him. And that seemed like a like-for-like replacement. Where, where does it leave our midfield? Do you think? Because he's going to need more than that, isn't he? I, although that, that you know, that trio midfield Callback Larson Catamore last season finished very, very strongly. Uh, Especially the last sort of six or seven games, and if Gomez, you would imagine, could slot in for where Callback was, but is that enough? Because you've got to remember the form these players have shown over the last couple of years, haven't you?
3: Yeah, well, I initially thought Gomez was was a um, more a replacement for Larson than Callback. To be honest, he, he's he's the type of player who um, who is capable of of brilliance like Larson. He's he's more of a Larson type player where you could probably bring him off the bench and and you'd be confident that he could like make a goal or something whereas I don't think he ever had that or call back even though he did against I think it was Cardiff when he when he brought him off the bench and he uh, got that last minute winner didn't he And the 2-2
1: Do we still lean over midfielder? A real dictator? Oh, well, we always the one f- that De Canio was looking for mm-hmm. last season he didn't get The man with the keys Yeah, well we've needed to be fair to De Canio you, you, you know I mean not that it's hard we all knew we needed one so yeah. Gareth and his head just the mention of Decanio. Well no it yeah. is
2: the op I mean the it was an obvious, comment, but, but, but... The Caneo, the man who O'Neil, managed O'Neil, O'Neil to O'Neil tell, you, tell you everything that was wrong but couldn't fix yeah, it. Yeah,
1: no, you know. I, I get that, I get that. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sticking up no, for the No, no, I'm way. just saying that's... But, the, did, but that's Martin O'Neill O'Neil failed to sort of rectify it. He, didn't, he wasn't even linked with any centre midfielders, or he didn't even look no, for any.
2: No, he tried, obviously he tried to, to bring in... Well, he brought in Johnson, who was a creative outlet. But um, the centre
1: midfield, there's been a gaping hole in our midfield since Henderson Under
2: O'Neill, we didn't play through the middle anyway. We played on the break, so... Um, it, I, I guess a, a midfield dictator wasn't required, but uh, he always
1: he always alluded to the fact that we weren't playing that way because we didn't we weren't keeping the ball sufficiently.
2: Um, well, you had the opportunity to rectify that, and he Well, didn't, like that's so my point. Yeah, um, for whatever reason that may be. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but to be fair, O'Neill always did have relatively sort of dour defensive side. If you speak to anyone else, right? Um,
1: Can anybody? Remember this We, run
0: our way. we are any time this time
1: This time was written by Chris Norman and Peter Spencer of the band Smokey They had written a song called "Head Over heels in Love." Kevin Keegan which is a bit weird uh, gives a little insight into the expectations of the country going to the World Cup because this was all about this time we're going to do it even though after the 1970 World Cup we've just mentioned England didn't qualify for another World Cup throughout the 70s after that one a no. bit rubbish um, interesting Ke- Keegan in that world, was out wasn't he yeah well in, yeah. In, in that World Cup was interesting because it was in Spain Ryan Robson scored against France after 27 seconds in a game they won 3-1. The pro progressed to the second round, which was then a round-robin format, which was England, West Germany, Spain. Now England got respectable nil draws with the host, Spain and West Germany, but were eliminated because West Germany beat Spain. So they played five games in that World Cup, didn't have a chance to go to penalties and were kicked out, which is a bit shame. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it w- was massively shunned by the look of it. See, look, the Keegan thing, they didn't have Keegan in the last game, did they, and um, and Brookings as well. I Not that I can remember this, because I, was, I think I
1: was one when this World Cup was they on. Were two so they were two key players Some at the time. Some of them older listeners. Well,
2: uh, if you, uh, if you um, watch the FIFA, official FIFA World Cup yes, films, Yes, I did, actually, yeah. Um, you will get all the, uh, yeah. the, even though it's ridiculously cheesy presentation, um, it's still quite entertaining, and you get that sort of, Shot in that cinematic camera style, so it's quite interesting. But yeah, obviously, Brooking and, and, and Keegan were weren't available in the last game. I think you brought them on as subs. was it Spain. They had to be two nil to go because they, they had to Spain win and two. Yeah, and they drew 0-0 But they and Spain with the host as well. Hoddle wasn't being utilized as well. I think there was didn't he drop Hoddle or something? And I then I can't remember the like
1: To be honest, what's your earliest World Cup memory, Chris? Well,
3: it'll be ninety eight. I can just see I remember Euro 96 I think I was in like a holiday camp and they were showing it on like a big screen and so it was like you know I wasn't interested I, think I just na- wanted to play footy
2: 90 was the <coughs> 90 was the one that I was disapp- I just missed 90 90 and was the one 94
1: got, 90 got me hooked on football because I, my dad used to take me to Rocker Park um, mid to late 80s and I wasn't really interested my brother was mad for it at the time and I, I I used to go and I wasn't really, that. and I remember the, the ninety the playoff win at Newcastle, of course, and how excited everybody was. But it was that World Cup really that got me hooked, and I went every single Sunday home game from, from that moment onwards, really. So
2: ninety four was definitely the one for me, even though England weren't in it. That was a rubbish World Cup. I don't know. I was just well, ninety. I was, I was ninety just, was a rubbish World Cup. know but Cup I, I was just intent.
1: sulking because England weren't in it. I think. Yeah, I think a, li- I, a little, li- little England. I won't yeah. watch them. I think I latched on
2: to Ireland. Oh, that was, that was what I did. I was only eleven or something. in when uh, lack uh, of was a great, that was a great, uh, a great moment when uh, Houghton, Houghton scored that goal, um, lobbed Pal Paluga, didn't he? The uh, one-one-nil, and, one nil. and uh, Bonner had a bit of a mare, I think, against Holland in the second round. Drop, thinking would drop one in the net, basically, I think. And he's one of their World Cup heroes. So.
1: Right. Okay. Now, who's better,
4: Messi or Ronaldo?
1: It's that time when we acknowledge some of the predictably dull debates and questions that fly about, some of the generic and mundane questions that we probably give far too much oxygen to. If you think who's better, Messi or Ronaldo, is a worthy and interesting question, then we think you should do better, much, much better. Right, Okay. the question I have this week. Who should have gone to the World Cup, Ashley Cole or Luke Shaw? (laughs) Yeah, I know they're a bit late this one But we, we've only just started this feature And it's been bugging me for a couple of weeks We're arguing over who should be England's reserve left back Sunderland can't even sign a permanent left back And people are loggerheads as Who to should be around to warm up the bench in Brazil It's a ridiculous debate to get carried away with Either would suffice in all honesty And I'd be more concerned with how Roy's going to mess up the attraction options He has at his disposal Rather than worry about this nonsense Disposable? Disposable, yeah Disposable uh, Freudian Disposable there. host
2: the disposable attacking options that we've got. Welbeck got uh, knocked a day, didn't he? Apparently, or he didn't train or something.
1: Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, I uh, will speak about <laughs> the England side later on. There's a couple of other uh, things I want to uh, to bring up. Uh, other, other stupid things I've heard this week uh, in the last couple of days. Right, Chris, if I give these quotes to you, can you tell me who you think the player and team involved is?
3: Is it S- is it World Cup
1: sides? No, no. This is just a player who's just signed for somebody. Oh, okay. Okay. Quotes are I want to play At the highest level And, and With things The way they are at this club It fits No sorry And win things <laughs> I want to play At the highest level And win things And this club fits Player and club Who would you think
3: It's the club Liverpool
1: Well <laughs> Would you believe me If I said that was Joe Cole and Aston Villa what really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Unbelievable. <laughs> right. The sort of underwhelming sign of Joe call of sign, Senderos as well. Of an I bet fans you. Call
2: be. just can't believe that he's managed to well, get a two-year contract well, at got the got Premier a Premier League club. Well, it's got in his head, great.
1: and he's saying, "This, I play at the highest level and win things." And this club fits. Yeah, I tell you what, I had to keep reading that quote <laughs> over and Senderos, over again. Senderos has won a Premier League. Well, Back. he didn't. Joe call has won a Premier League
3: exactly. R- Richard Wright has won two Premier Leagues.
1: And there's another one here, right, Gareth, do you want to do do this sort of Q&A with me? There's another one I found on quite then. interesting. Do you want to answer or ask? Um, I'll answer. Right, okay, well, with that with that enthusiastic tone, it will be perfect, <laughs> actually. Right, so this was Andy Cole, former Sunland striker, people often forget, or Andrew <laughs> Cole. <laughs> Instantly forget yeah. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Cole. Andrew Cole, he likes brand. to be called, doesn't he? Yeah. Right, okay, this was a questionnaire, and... Let me know, Chris, what you think about these answers This is regarding the World Cup Winner?
2: Brazil Dark Horse? I haven't got one, to be honest
1: Uh, The Golden Boot, the top scorer?
2: If Argentina do well, then it's got to be Messi
1: The Golden Ball, the best player
2: I can't read from that angle, Stephen I don't know There could be a surprise here Someone could come out of nowhere and play well So that's a tough one
1: Young player of the tournament?
2: That's another tough one there are so many young players at the World Cup that it could be someone that nobody knows that well yet.
1: What do you think about that, Chris? Insightful?
3: Yeah, very I mean I'm obviously kind of like a football expert given given those answers. Don't <laughs> just pick like an old woman off the streets who's never heard of football.
1: Do you have a dark horse for the World Cup? Is it Belgium? <laughs> No, no he's question? not going to answer the <laughs> question. question. Yeah, he's
2: he's gone down the Andy Cole route. He's just not going to answer. Oh, sorry, Bel- Andrew Cole. Belgium
3: are not a dark horse, are so they've got like the some of the best players in the world. Like, well, apparently, apparently they've got some of the best players in the world. Well, you know, who knows? I think they have. Some is that why
2: they're a dark horse?
3: Well, there wouldn't be a dark horse but if they, they are obvious, a dark horse. Obviously, obviously like good. The hipsters' choice is Belgium. Oh, like favorites. Like like Dortmund were the dark horse like a few seasons ago. Right, Ecuador of the uh and Chile, I think, are the,
2: the two. Maybe. Chile are quite a popular one. Sorry, not Ecuador, Colombia. Do you know, I but always get Colombia and Ecuador. What you'd be waiting up.
1: for is oh, te- teams who are sort of given no chance, like Nigeria. Th- they'll, they'll, no, but somebody like that will go on a good run, and then you'll have people say, Well, I knew I knew they were a good team. I was yeah. waiting for them to go.
2: Okay, I was talking about this today, actually. And this is a bit of a tangent, but teams sort of surprisingly winning the World Cup. I was saying that wouldn't be surprised in the next sort of 20, 30 years if. USA is starting to, like, really challenge regularly in in the in the last four because <coughs> it's such a massive country, with, it's well, like being a well-developed country. As,
1: as, it's the social thing, isn't it? A
2: but if you, if you look at how they've come on since 1990, and obviously they had the World Cup in 94, and they never really, you know, they did the, 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 the 98, they qualified. I mean, they've qualified for every World Cup since 1990, haven't they? So, <laughs> and they seem to get better every time
1: um once the i think once the crossover where the social aspect yeah. is like football is you, you know you as a kid you you want to play football naturally on the street and stuff then as you say the size yeah. would dictate yeah. then as well but people have been saying that about them for a while and china as well it's a huge co- you know the biggest population in the world isn't it and people have been saying the same about them and it's just for whatever reason I not my fear
2: heart. of offending someone is is uh, is um the USA a bit more developed in China like is it a bit more well, it's more it's dynamic di- isn't it? diverse it's, it's more certainly. diverse and you've also yeah. got that more um, there's probably more better distribution of wealth and stuff like that maybe so yeah. I think you, you've got better opportunities obviously scholarships and stuff like that and they, they play football in in colleges and and the MLS is getting stronger it is pl- players are going out there and they're not going right at the end of the career now it's sort of scaled back slightly and people are going sort of in the twilight. Yeah. and then you see players like Dempsey and Bradley who've gone to play in the MLS
1: and Alador who's came over and done really yeah, well Adol in the, the Premier League well
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah this is, I just I don't know just, I was just thinking about it today and thought I would I think surprised. you're probably right I think you're probably right just because they've got the infrastructure there to, yeah. to build if like you say and then it's you about David
1: Beckham going and spending millions on yeah. a new academies <laughs> he, in Miami he's not and allowed stuff, to build a stadium is he <laughs> well not at the place, he, w- it, at the place yeah. he wanted but I, th- I think he going to get it right ok now we're staying on the World Cup theme now this is something Gareth and I have been working on. I'm quite excited to bring you this, actually. We want you to get involved. This is a drinking game, a shot drinking game, and we're going to call it the Andy in and around's end drinking game.
2: It it's not specifically shots, is it?
1: Well, no, but. No, okay. A
2: bit of Brazilian style music. Right, okay. Up what else. this
1: is, with the World Cup just a day away, we've decided now is a good time to get all patriotic and marry up two great English traditions. Getting lashed And <laughs> having to put up with patronising And worn out cliches from ex-players Privileged enough to be co-commentators We're bringing you the Andy in And the Rounds End drinking game <laughs> what we've done Have you there? been drinking? Yeah, I wish Andy in and Arounds End is a fictional character And no a nowhere rip-off of a confused Cockney Irish Ex-footballer and shouldn't be mistaken as such For this game you'll need a bottle of strong alcohol Some shot glasses And an annoying commentary team Talking you through a World Cup game we're going to set the rules for week 1 and we'd like you to get involved on, on Twitter and like to try and develop the game as a progression as yep. the competition progresses
2: We should have said actually uh, interact with us on Twitter if you want it's at wise men say Pod. so if you've got any ideas for the game or want to see anything else or abuse us um, just uh, get in touch that
1: way So first of all we'd have one shot for hearing in and around any more than one shot for that and you're going to be old before half time let's hear it Andy Townsend I am talking about specifically here and I can confirm from personal experiences getting hammered before half time isn't a good experience Okay. also one shot for every time Andy Townsend who's no relation to our fictional character remember simply urges an England player to go on again any more than one shot for this Every time on the this snippet of thoroughly researched encouragement or insight, you'll get so drunk you'd be turning up to dangerous fugitives, suspected hideouts, armed with a fishing rod and four cans of not-tasting yet heavily marketed lager. Gareth, you've got a couple for three, have, yeah. sh- three shots.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a two shot and a three shot. Which yeah. one do you want? Either both, both, of both of them. Yeah. Well, shall we try that shot button again? Because we, we it didn't work. Yeah. Let's try it. Nah, it's not <laughs> working. Never mind. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so um, mine were two shots every time the heat of Manaus is mentioned because it's the only hot place in the world Um, and three shots for every time maybe we should have spanned it a bit and done like one shot for John Barnes, one shot for the Marroganar and three shots if John Barnes and the Marroganar as mentioned, that would also translate that Oxlade-Chamberlain... Where, where,
1: where, yeah, I was going to when Oxlade-Chamberlain, yeah, comes, Oxlade-Chamberlain. On, when he comes on for his first game, that's going to be the first thing mentioned, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. And uh, Ma- Oxlade-Chamberlain, Mark Chamberlain... If it's if it's Chamberlain, both Chamberlains in the American art and John Barnes has mentioned, you've got to just down the bottle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but four shots, I'm going to go this, or this one will be worthy of a down the bottle because... It doesn't happen very often, but you can rely on Andy Townsend when it does. Finally, treat yourself to four shots or whatever you want if you hear the beautiful, magnificent, contradictory cliché that sadly many commentators are leaving behind with the times. The glorious, if anything, he's hit that too well. Uh, (laughs) Clive. Clive. Andy Townsend. He puts a Clive on the end. end. Do you want to do Andy Andy Townsend impression?
2: I haven't got one of that.
1: Well, you like you like doing the Cockney ones, don't you? <laughs> if anything, he's hit that too well, Clive. Go on, give us one. You <laughs> can't put us on the spot and expect <laughs> yeah.
2: us to do an Andy Townsend. <laughs> I haven't rehearsed a Townsend. It might take time to hone a Townsend. Chris, do you, very, do, blank, do you want to do an got Andy a Townsend impression? bland voice, really, hasn't he? But but it's
1: just a Cockney accent saying, if anything, he's hit that too well, Clive. I'm not going to do it oh, live. Oh, come on. <laughs>
3: nah. I've heard Gareth's impressions, actually, they were good. I've never heard his Townsend. Like. I haven't got one. i heard your Pete Townsend, <laughs> but not your Andy
2: Townsend. Pete Townsend? <laughs> not Town sure. Town End Farm? <laughs> yeah, my Town End Farm's quite good, Like, right, I'm not going to do it. I've, so g- like.
3: I've got an Andy Townsend uh, shot thing, if you'd like one. Okay, oh, go on then. Every time he uh, rhetorically asks why Chelsea haven't offered Frank Lamar a new contract, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that'll come up a few times.
1: It would be great if somebody had the, the inclination was listening to this sort to uh, sort of mark these down I, to try <laughs> and count them up we you should know, do it if on the like too, if you've got too much time yeah. on your hands then that will be highly appreciated I think
2: we should do it on like a, um, on like a like a twit longer or something because we haven't got a resource for you to host the, the things it's updated so put on the LS S- SMB man yeah, yeah put S- on, on the SMB um, yeah I'll, I'll create something maybe and we we'll document them as we go but um, we'll come back to it later hopefully so if you're listening and you want to get involved um, this week and we'll try and read some out before the end I think it was a couple of guys um, tweeted in actually before um, but I think Stephen had already sort of half uh, <laughs> what you blame half, me for uh, he'd half done it I think actually no maybe I think it was Kevin Bell came up with one and it said every time he said throw, every time he Twitter said Twitter mentions uh, no. every time he said for me well, for, me. For, me, Clive, for me for me, Clive, you've got to mention Clive. For me Clive, well that was one of my variances that as a side game you've got to address people in the room with for me prefix and then the name. So for me Stephen, for a drink <laughs> and then you'd have to reply with yeah. for me Gareth yes
1: So if you're, um, for me Stephen what would so, you like so, to so drink for, so for instance um, Ross Bartley tries to dribble past somebody gets it took off and you turn around and say for me Gareth he should have got his head yeah. up and look, looked wide all, there.
2: all interactions in the 90 minutes of the game have to begin with the prefix for me name of the person you're addressing
1: that would be great that wouldn't it
2: and that's that's, a, that's the game and if you, if you don't do it you've got to do a forfeit drink chosen by the questioner or questionee how would that work? I can't. I haven't thought that through. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. We've yeah, we'll got another one for later. We'll we'll come back to one. We'll try and give people on Twitter a chance if you're listening to get involved. So if you've got one that you want to share with us this evening or one for next week, um, it's at Wise Men
1: Say Pod. So get on that. Have a bang on that. Staying on the cliche theme of things, we had a little chat earlier on with Adam Hurries who has, or oh, he's bringing out an ebook, I should say. Called football cliches. He's on Twitter, well, you might have come across football him at, cliche, at football, football cliches. He's, football in yeah. clichés, he's yeah. involved
2: with the Bab website which is I think it's the I've yeah, got to get the paper right. I can't remember which paper it is. It's called Bab, Project Bab. Search for that or he's got a website himself which is there.
1: He's got about a million followers football, on Twitter, hasn't he? Yeah, at cliches, go check that out. At Football Cliches, at Football Cliches, yeah.
2: But um I'm already following it, so I don't I don't know where it is. I just take it for granted it's there. But there's some great he's done some great stuff over there. Over the course of the time he's run mm. the site and in the world up to the World Cup as well, some good stuff. So,
1: well, Gareth and I caught up with him earlier on because, if like me, you're fascinated by cliches and stuff. And we asked him just more about the book, what his motivation was behind it, and what the content is. I guess. Okay, Adam, can you just start by giving our listeners a, a brief insight to the book? Really, what it is, what your inspirations were um, in coming up with it.
5: Well, um, I've got a uh, book coming out in October which is really the main football cliches book but the publishers thought it might be a nice idea to bring out a, a World Cup guide as well um, and uh, so it's a little taster for the main book but the, the World Cup guide just kind of covers some of the more well-established cliches of the, of the, of the World Cup and uh, with a few surprises thrown in as well but um yeah, it'll be everything you'd expect. Anyone who's followed the the Twitter page will know pretty much what to expect from the ebook and and uh, it's free to download. So uh, yeah, it should be an interesting one, hopefully.
1: So, what what was the inspiration behind coming up with a book about cliches? And because I, I think it's a great idea. Was it just just because you were amused by the sort of levels levels of cliches getting spouted out now, or what?
5: Well, I think I've always found it really interesting. Always found the, the the phraseology of football really interesting. And um, but what really kind of. Turned it into something that was worth writing about which is the fact that i spotted that not only were these cliches establishing themselves in football but people were kind of mindlessly repeating them as well and it is that mindless repetition that i think is is the most curious part of it because some of these phrases are so odd and and they look in isolation really out of place in football but then then you hear them constantly repeated and people people learn them as as part of the language of football And uh, so to document these and bring them all together into one place, uh, seemed like quite an interesting idea. No one had really done it before, um, in such depth at least. So I guess I'm the only person who's sad enough to to give it a go. (laughs) But it's certainly been an interesting thing to do anyway.
2: Let me talk about... There's
0: never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Depth and I think obviously the website's are a great resource if you're ever on your lunch hour and uh, you need a laugh. It's definitely somewhere to go for that. And I think, like you say about the depth of it, I think that it was the 101 ways you can score a goal or miss an yeah, opportunity I, was I couldn't incredible. believe I got to 101. I, I know, unbelievable. But it's definitely worth a definitely worth a look. I think. So going, going into the World Cup, obviously. Um, I'm doing it myself now. I'm saying obviously is a, uh just a, just slotting obviously and for no apparent reason. So well,
5: pads things out. Don't worry, don't worry.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um So I mean, Townsend obviously the recent thing <laughs> that you did with Townsend yes. was brilliant. But um, pundits of the World Cup, um, you know, Carlisle's probably going to be involved, isn't he? It, it is a co commentator for IEV is Oh, he, is he? I, no, I don't think he's there. Is, is he? he
1: not? I don't think I've seen him advertised there. Surely not. I
5: think he is. Is I think he? he? is. I think he's one of the co-commentators uh, in Brazil, um, as far as I understand. Anyway, he, he, he is very. He is a very interesting man to listen to. I use mm. "interesting" in the loosest way possible.
1: Well, um, I, I, I mean, I always the thing about Carlisle is when he first sort of popped up on our screens, and he was he was maybe like a guest in the studio i thought he was quite insightful and i enjoyed listening to him it was only when he made that transition to the the core commentator sitting next to the microphone where things started to go a bit wrong for him i thought
5: (laughs) yeah i mean i i always hesitate when when uh when i talk about co-commentators because one crucial question about them is nobody's really sure what we want from them (laughs) and they're, they're such easy targets but they have they have a very unique job they no one's really. I don't think there is a job description for a co-commentator. So as a result, yeah, as I said, they're very easy targets. But nobody really knows what, what we want from a good co-commentator. But Clark Carlisle certainly isn't one of those. But um, Andy Townsend, on the other hand, um, I feel like I give him a bit of a rough ride. Actually,
1: um, <laughs> I think we all do. He,
5: yeah. But I, if if co-commentators are supposed to be entertaining, if that is their job. Then Townsend is quite <laughs> good at it, I suppose, in that respect. But um,
1: by default.
5: Yeah, exactly. I, 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 you know, but uh, you know, I say again, I, I simply don't know myself what I want for my co-commentators. I guess the only thing I know is I want them to be David Pleats because he was the only one worth listening to.
1: Mm. It's, I think it's an interesting point you made about how these phrases have just sort of been stamped into the history of football, and and and, and they almost sound like they're out of context now because obviously. All cliches are birthed by fact, aren't they? Really, there's there's some yeah. truth there's some truth in them, or there, or there wouldn't that's be right. there wouldn't be popular phrases. But as you say, it just gets it's sort of just dropped into the football and court commentary vocabulary now, almost by instinct, isn't it? And I think that's what sometimes is it a case of just not engaging your brain before you say it, perhaps.
5: It is. It is that. I mean, it's it's kind of it, cliches, as, as you said. Cliches are kind of they're just based in truth. There are things that are undeniably true. And um, when it comes to football conversation, they they act as a simple lubricant for football conversation, really. They're they now conversation to flow about something that really isn't that important in the grand scheme of things. And there are only so many ways you can talk about a football game. And where, this is where cliches come in handy, um, whether it's a broadcaster speaking on TV or, or a couple of mates talking about it anywhere, you know, anywhere. It's... It's simply just a way of padding out a conversation about a football game. That's all it is, and uh, cliches come incredibly handy for that purpose. I think.
2: I think the most bizarre one is, for me, is that put through your own put through your own goal. Yeah,
5: th- yeah. I yeah, don't yeah.
2: understand that at all. <laughs>
5: um, even uh, another one on on that theme is. Uh, Normally, quite complicated own goals. They say that um, the defender and the goalkeeper have contrived to turn the <laughs> ball into their own net, which, uh, in, in this day and age, suggests uh, an element of match fixing. Um, so, so if if the authorities want somewhere to look, perhaps they ought to go to uh, the next own goal perhaps
2: The Nigeria Scotland game. Maybe there was an element of con- <laughs> mm, contriving. A little bit.
1: Bit iffy. Uh, okay. Do you think? Do you think they're dying out, though, Adam? Do you think? Do you think they're dying out? Cliches, because. You wouldn't hear Gary Neville sitting there, real cliche after cliche, off would you?
5: That's true. I mean, he he is unique in the respect. But then, of course, he he has the luxury on on Sky of, a bit, of having a lot of time on his hands, and he, he gets he's a lot of gadgets, and uh, he doesn't have to condense his insight into you know a minute like they do on Match of the Day. So, so he, I think if if you plonked him on the Match of the Day sofa and only gave him two minutes or so to to analyse a game, he'd have to find something stock uh, some of the stock phrases to use. But uh no, I don't think they're dying out at all. I think um as 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 long as football coverage continues and they have to fill hundreds of hours um every month to fill, then um cliches will still be around, there's no doubt about that. Which is handy for me actually.
2: <laughs> maybe we're moving in a new age of cliches, maybe like the Gary Neville thing, the cliche is gonna be the giant iPad. It's gonna be <laughs> Dragging players around the screen and shifting yeah, the what, formations. Yeah, why, and why stuff. bother
5: wasting a couple of sentences to sc- describe a game when you can just plonk a giant arrow in exactly. the, middle of the yeah. screen?
1: Do you want to tell our listeners all about your book, then, how they can uh, how they can read it and stuff?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the World Cup ebook is, as I said, was free, so um, you can download it from Amazon and Google and iTunes and all that sort of stuff. And um, uh, the the main book, the football cliches book, is out on October the ninth, and. Uh, i haven't actually finished it yet so i'll probably <laughs> ought to finish it that i'm actually going out uh this week really looking forward to finishing it i'm pretty happy with it so far and uh yeah it's gonna be really exciting so yeah, it will kind of sum up everything i've ever written about and uh put it all together in one handy book for christmas and
1: again so how would people find that then if, if just from scratch if you just give them the book the, the title and the name and go on amazon and have a look for it yeah
5: it'll be on amazon yeah absolutely uh, um and uh Probably from other bookstores that pay their taxes as well. So, um,
2: <laughs> Stephen the Technophile, he's uh, asking where how did, <laughs> it how might even be in a bookshop? Book. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. I used eBooks. to give but some of our listeners might not have a clue what one is. So, oh, yeah. just trying to,
2: okay. But um, we had the uh, as a sort of briefed you before, and we're coming out of the segment on the on the on the show. Yeah, the um, what we term the the Andy in and around end drinking game, <laughs> which is the. <clears throat> nice name the, the football cliches of the World Cup And we're trying to right. over, the f- over the weeks We're going to try and accumulate The cliches And yep. uh, you said you'd Kindly uh, Offer up a, a rule uh, So well, I was
5: trying to think of one That you hadn't covered already And uh, the only one I could think of And this is a particularly town's y thing um, When he's When he's picking apart An action replay Where a, a player Perhaps should have crossed Or shot at a certain moment And didn't do it He'll, um, he'll. You'll hear him exclaim, "Now or there," <laughs> just at the moment where that player was supposed to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in hindsight, in glorious twenty twenty hindsight, in Townsend's eyes, that's when the player should have made that decision. Mm. Which is the sort of thing. I don't understand what he's getting at, but this is the sort of thing that you'd expect the next player to understand that. Sometimes you're not going to be able to make that decision. Yeah,
1: a bit like when said, a bit like a bit like the one we've covered. Where he says, "Go on," when somebody gets it. A... Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> these, but um, you know, as I as I said right at the start, they, they, these are easy targets. You can criticise him for doing it, but these are just instinctive things that he wants to say. And um, uh, I can't say I'm any better. I certainly can do his job better, so um, I'll, I'll let him off.
1: Mm, Yeah, everybody who listens to me knows knows all about my sort of mispronunciations as well. So I can't really say anything, but we're gonna have a laugh anyway.
2: So how how many (laughs) is it? Just basically a shot when he says now or there? Is that what we're going for? Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah. So uh, yeah, when he's pinpointing the exact moment that the player should have done what he didn't do.
1: Vindaloo was a song by Fat Layers. The music was written by Blur Bassist Alex James and the lyrics were written by comedian Keith Allen. (laughs) Bassist. It's against Bass. I know, sorry. reading hates them. Reading in queue. I'll tell you I need this phonetic spelling thing. The lyrics were by comedian Keith Allen. It was released as a single in 98 for the 98 World Cup, obviously. We were going to play a three lines, but we just feel that was for Euro 96 originally wasn't it? I know that it was the official World Cup song for ninety eight but it was a bit of a rehash of it. Um but the Vindaloo video was iconic as it was a parody for another iconic video at the time, bit of sweet sympathy by the symphony by the Verve <laughs> Just doing it again. And obviously the image of Richard Ashcroft marching down I think it was Wigan High Street was from Wigan isn't yeah. Is he? Yeah.
3: Yeah yeah. 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 yeah yeah it was, was it Paul K who played it. Paul K uh, played the one
1: he? in the um Fat Les video didn't he uh yeah and obviously get nudged, nudging bypasses out of the way, but in the yeah. video it all sort of descended into yeah. a, a comical farce, didn't it? I think Matt Lucas yeah. and other comedians, like you said, Paul Keir, people like that were in it, weren't they?
2: Yeah, it was a, a memorable effort. I think that's the, that's the, um, you know, it's an iconic one because, like you say, the, you know, they did re-release three lines for 98, but they changed the lyrics and stuff and that's sort of synonymous with you in 96, so it was edged out in the running order Controversially,
1: <laughs> controversially, to get them up two as well behind the three lines. I don't think oh, Keith much. Allen was happy about it, was, was he? Was he not? Well, he <laughs> w-
2: well he had he was there with uh, World in Motion, wasn't he? He was involved in the video all that stuff, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So he's had his fun. Give someone else a go. <laughs> and the Lightning Seeds had done all that ident music for like Goal of the Month and everything. And this, so they deserved a bit more, a bit more of a platform.
1: Mm, right, right. We're gonna before we move on. Move on. We're gonna just spend. Five minutes, I think, Gareth and I talked about doing a feature every week at the door watch. We haven't quite got a a sound clip prepared for anything like we should have have done.
2: We know that there's a few people in America who listen, and we kind of worried that will offend them if we do something American. So, like that US soccer guy or something like that, that's Mm. quite popular on Twitter. So I like
1: an, an Alador watching American accent. Chris said he was going to volunteer a, an example watch. for us. There
3: you go, oh. no, it there. Did you? Alador relieve me.
1: Let's get some Bruce. Do you want to do it again?
3: Me. So we can like sound sound bite it. Just no, no, no I just, I I'll talking just talking I'll just I'll,
2: I'll um I'll uh, just do one next week. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll um use Twitter to to find out what what I'm allowed to say that isn't going to offend everybody in America. I offended somebody on Twitter the other day for saying that I didn't realise that in US soccer they called um, a disallowed goal a callback call
1: <laughs> a jack callback
2: a jack callback yeah they call it a callback a callback I've never heard of that before and I, I, there, was a f- there was well I hadn't there was like three people used the expression because we're talking about outlets of he's like he had a callback <laughs> he had one called back so I mentioned this and then this it guy, guy got this guy got in touch and was like giving us a load of jib over it because uh, I'd I'd, I'd offended I think I'd made it cause offence that you know, not everybody in uh, America, you know, use this terminology, and it makes us sound like idiots. Well, you know. to be fair,
1: we've just said how diverse big America is, so it is, th- there's yeah, going to be room for yeah.
2: intelligent people <laughs> and stupid people. But does make you stupid <laughs> if you say it? No, it doesn't. It was, it. Just, <laughs> it was just, it uh, just a, joke. It's different. So it's very much an Americanism,
1: stupid. though, yeah. isn't it? You, it, is. you, it does make sense. Yeah. You can you can imagine them using that phrase. Um, but anyway, I mean. So we, we were half joking when we said we'll do an outdoor watch because we were, ex- yeah. you know, we were probably presuming he wasn't he wasn't going to be yeah. very good. He asked he's
2: for some answers and one of them was um, out the doors. Being he's still in the queue for phase three for the cup <laughs> final. So,
1: <laughs> but he's to be fair, he scored two goals in a two one win. He did the second, goal, the, the second goal? The second goal looked looked quite good as well. Did you say them, Chris? Or yeah, they yeah, did. Have you? Have mm. are, we, are we thinking the second one's a good one? Because I, I I suggested the keeper was a bit suspect mm. and I got shot down for saying that though.
3: For me, Gareth, the both goals, you know. <laughs> so I'm not me. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You got it wrong, Stephen. For what's me, what's the penalty for not knowing someone's I'm name? I'm just cross-eyed, so I was actually <laughs> looking at you. For me, for me, Stephen, I was looking at Gareth. Uh, <laughs> the both goals. So, well, you know, the all count. They all count. Yeah. I, I think this, we, we, we could
1: possibly introduce to this feature over the coming weeks is list players who were. Uh, Normally quite good for their countries at decent levels as well, and then don't do well for the clubs. And mm. I was trying to think of the um, Liverpool player who played for the Czech Republic, who's a perfect example. And That's his all names escape ones. me now. He played. He scored in the uh, in the Champions League final when they were three 0 down there. It's
3: Smita? Yes, Smita. it is. Oh, there you go.
1: He was generally rubbish for Liverpool, wasn't he? Or yeah, average? Was, yeah. And yeah, for Czech Republic, he was. What well, was great. Uh,
2: Postiga. Um, for Portugal obviously had a bit of a nightmare spell in there
1: Alexanderson for Sweden as well in Everton he scored against England in the World Cup as well didn't he Mm. in 2006 or 2002 2 yeah Mm. Well, there you go. I think about that one, but well done, Alador. Keep it up. Is that the message? Yeah, keep How it simple up. simple as that, Josie. Keep De Rice for Selma. There's another one. De Rice
3: Rijs,
2: for Brilliant. He was goal machine. for England, there, yeah, man. Yeah, well, he's brilliant. He was. a goal Scored some goals. He scored some goals. Get, didn't he <laughs> score like a <that> crack during <laughs> a friendly against Holland? Like uh, he did. Yeah, in so
1: a draw. In a draw. One more Was I think it was two yeah. all, uh,
2: in Holland. And he scored a fantastic volley.
1: But in fairness, Alador, his second goal was something. We haven't seen enough from him at Sunderland, getting the ball, and <laughs> just being progressive and positive with it, and taking a shot on. Yeah, that's, that's been his issues here, really. Kind of watch
2: it? it and wonder, you know, would he have had that? Not, not a lot of pressure on the ball, was there when he when he when he attacked the, the full back and cut inside? You wonder, would he have had that time in the Premier League? I don't know, but it'd be nice to get him scoring the World Cup and then come back to Sunderland, you know. Confident again. Either full
1: of confidence or with a few extra quid on his uh, price tag. 200
3: 201 for the golden boot. Altidore, like, is he? He w- well, that's that's what I saw priced up like. Probably, probably, you know, a tough
1: group America as well, aren't mm-hmm.
3: they? What do you reckon he's up to this moment? One hundred ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably he's, he's probably like a, a worse price now, isn't he? If, if I'm just talking. Just I mind.
2: wasn't talking about how much he's worth. I was just.
3: Oh. I was just asking you what you think he's up to at the moment, like what, what I think he's like doing, what he, was he doing like now? like oh. or something.
2: Like you know, I I just imagine him sort of like chilling by the pool, sort <laughs> of. Well, he's probably celebrating, greased up his abs. He's probably celebrating. Coconut that oil. That or You've something. been thinking about this before. We have, came it on. says something about a player when there's you can think of more homoerotic things about them than um, football things. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're going to move on from that swiftly. Every week we speak to a journalist or a blogger from. Uh, a club in the Premier League We're going to include the promoter clubs And the relegation clubs Generally people who've been on the podcast before And Get to find out basically <laughs> What the aspirations for their clubs are For this season We spoke to Raj Bain Who Raj Beans. Bain's, I've missed the S of oh, I'm having so a mail with my in like Raj Beans, who's from the Rule of the Roost podcast Which is a Tottenham Hotspur podcast And Gareth and I caught up with him earlier on Hi Raj So a bit of A hectic season For Tottenham uh, Similar to Sunderland In a way Only obviously At the other end Of the table But a lot of players Coming in A change of manager Unlike Sunderland However you weren't Happy with the guy That came that came in Sherwood When <laughs> we spoke you On the men See a podcast But Pochettino's Now in What's your thoughts On that? Um, anyone
4: but uh, like Sherwood really, Would um, It's a, like a similar position to, to what you were in yeah, After uh, Deccanio, To be honest um, nobody was really happy with him and the people that were were in a, a very small minority so it's a, a change for the better hopefully I mean things are always bound to go wrong at Tottenham at some point so there's always a degree of pessimism when <laughs> anyone comes in especially after the season we've just had so um, I hope he does the best but you kind of uh, you kind of grit your teeth and expect for the worse at our club unfortunately
1: I love when fans of other clubs say that like when we considering we support Sunderland but uh, there you go Um I think everybody watched Southampton last season and uh, and was very impressed with their sort of attacking football. I guess that's what you want as a fan, so that must excite you.
4: Yeah, um, his brand of football is um, is not too dissimilar to Avb, and um, you'd almost look at him. He would be he'd be the successor for Avb rather than Sherwood. I think Sherwood was the, the stopgap between the two, uh, the easiest and the probably the cheapest option, though in our chairman. Um, so that's that's probably the reason he took over for the length of time he did um, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do um, I think we've got the sort of players he'd want in order to, to go forward we've got some players that haven't performed since we've bought them that perhaps he'd be able to um, to get the best out of which is what he was he was famed for at Southampton making players better so it, it, at the moment it's it's relatively positive going into the next season but as I say, after after the back of the last one,
1: it could be it, it can't really get any worse. Daniel Levy's sort of coming under a lot of criticism in the in the last year or so, uh, particularly from the media, where he's he hasn't really been under that sort of spotlight before. I think it's from an outside perspective anyway. It looks like it's the first time people are starting to maybe question how trigger happy he is. Almost you bought a lot of players in last season, and it's it's important that he's going to be given time to work with those. Not not even not even thinking about the players he's going to bring in himself you have a lot of new players there still anyway so he's going to need a bit of time I know it's a bit of a cliche now but he is isn't he
4: Well we've had um, several things with Levy that have, have... Kind of upset people that haven't really been footballing matters. I mean, we've had this deal with StubHub, the eBay company. I'm not sure if you're aware of them, the ones that sell tickets. On essentially, think, it was a I deal. Think, I think
1: we have as well. I think we we're, we're linked up with them. Well, yeah. I'm
4: not sure that the details of, of what your particular deal is, but I think at our club um we got about two million pounds just straight away for for getting them users. We used to have a ticket exchange for season ticket holders what happens now is season ticket folders if they don't want to go to a game and just name their price for their ticket and um extort fellow fans for however much they want. To. So so uh, I think that, that bent people's noses in the wrong direction for uh, for quite a while as well because it's just not something you wanna see within your fan base. And as I say, we are sacking as manager in the in the fashion he did, um, and the way in which he, he does hire and fire. And um, it's very European. I mean, we, we probably, if we we're playing in Serie A, it won't be too bad because uh, we would probably have uh, one of the lowest turnovers. But uh, it's been it's been unsettling. Um, our past two managers, you could argue, haven't been sacked for footballing reasons. I mean, there was questions over EDB's personality and the way in which he was working with them and then talked himself out of a job essentially um, mm. in, in a similar manner to what he usually does so uh, the questions raised about him are from the same people who have been you know, worrying about how much money he's spending and, and the fact that he's more business oriented than not but um, at the end of the day the company that own the club are a sports investment company so they're looking to just make as much money out of us when it comes to selling us as possible so if they can put in as little as they can along the way that's,
3: that's the best result for
1: them on the playing side of things, do you do you really need to go overboard and bring loads of new faces in this season? I would guess not.
4: I'd hope not. Um, there's, as there always is, there's lots of rumours about who's coming and who's going. Um, I mean, I personally, I'm of the opinion that anybody who came in last season doesn't deserve to be sold at all. Um, I'd, we bought seven different players of seven different uh, nationalities from seven different leagues across Europe, and even further afield with Polina and to give them one season in the Premier League where most of them have been injured and not for, not integrated and some of them are fairly young 21, 22 years old now it's it's not really fair to just kind of give them a handful of Premier League games the Europa League game and, and judge them on that I would want them to have a, a full period to settle in and then have a proper go at it next season and that, I think that's when we'll see whether or not they cut out for the club or not um, but uh, in terms of buying people I think we desperately need a left back. Um, I remember talking to you about Danny Rose, and, and somehow you thought he was <laughs> he's one of the best left backs you'd seen at your club for a while. But I've, 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 he looked like a stranger to the game at some points last season. Um, and we had we've had disciplinary issues with Penwasu Okoto as well. So our left back situation is, is dire. We we hopefully can buy one, but we we definitely need two to try and shore it up. So I think that's our our priority.
1: Finally, yes or no answer. Just a yes or no. Champions League, Champions League place next year.
4: Uh, no, I wouldn't imagine so. No.
1: The world at your feet was an attempt to bring the musical credibility back to the official song a la World in Motion by New Order in 1990 Embrace who I really like as a band reflected the optimism of the English public going into that tournament but I actually think alongside Argentina we had a probably the best squad at the time in the world in world football 4-4 bloody 2 with Gerard Lampard still winds me up but messed up right up 2006 yeah sorry not 2002 2006 so we had a good I thought we had a really good really? Gu- yeah. golden generation well it was a great team on paper you had Gareth Barry in it Gareth, Gareth Barry's done, to be fair, and Mr. Otto's done alright. He's had good. He, what's wrong with Gareth Barry? He's played at the top level. If you use him right in the midfield, that we had a good midfield, but we played 4 4 2. That was a problem in that World Cup for me. Mm. For me, Gareth, in the problem was in that World <laughs> Cup, yeah. we played 4 4
2: 2. I think the main issue is like Mike Bassett, Gerard, and Lampard. Didn't get in and around the penalty spot, <laughs> in and around the six yard box, in and around the penalty area in general, or the goalkeeper. That's the most important person you've got. Got to get in and around.
1: And of course, the both Mister Penalty and the penalty shootout. Yeah. And they that were is both. That's a cliche in itself.
2: It is. Isn't it? Missing. This worst record. I mean, in with Lombard, point. I
1: think he, if anything, he hit his too well. To be fair, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: he was trying to make the goalkeeper make a save. That was a problem. you should have tried to score instead.
1: Mm. Apologies, we did a li- we're aware that we left the mics yeah, on a bit no. there when we started that well, interview with Raj. So.
2: I, I, it was me who uh, left the mics so up because we would go- we, plan to have this discussion about um, Alex James's uh, cheese making, and uh, I just thought it was so interesting um, that I left the left Chris's mic because I said
1: buses. That's where it stems from. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, yeah. That was it. And that was the real reason why it was Stephen who did it. Stitch
3: stitches up because we uh, luckily,
1: uh Chris didn't swear, even though he is a. Rock and roller star, so thankful for that. <laughs>
3: I don't <laughs> think I didn't think this this show could get any more partridge, but it just has Well, thanks. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what yeah, we that, strive com- towards. That's, that's a, what that's we strive towards.
1: <laughs> a compliment.
2: Yes, exactly. But, you know,
1: we've
3: got
2: about two minutes to talk about England. England.
1: Well, I mean, Gareth proposed that we, in the Who's Better, Messi Ronaldo section, we said should Rooney be dropped from a team because it is a little bit mundane and overdone, but it's relevant. And I mm. thought we. What to know? What you allowed no, to about because uh, he's it's our
2: best player technically, and I think he should continue.
1: Well, you shouldn't be dropped, you mean?
2: No, definitely not. Why would? It I think it's a very English mentality. You sort of find your best player. I mean, we'll we we go on and on him. now,
1: about, You know, who would rather in our ideal teams mm-hmm. and stuff? But we haven't got time for that. If we just stick with the the fact that Roy's going to play a four-two-three-one, who do we have as those front players, Chris? Because the back five picks itself.
3: I think you've got to put Sturridge up front by yourself To be honest, like Sturridge, y- you pick players on form. He's a goal scorer, right? So the three behind him, uh, probably Lalana, Rooney, uh, Sterling. To be honest,
1: that's a f- same front four. Yeah, I'd go for I would have. W- where would you? Because the thing is, I would I would start Rooney on the left. Now I got Hudson got slagged off for that. I but probably I would d- as well I'd probably start
2: in, in behind and wha- then have Lallana Sterling flanking One of those in front, of f- front
1: three players one of the wide players has got to do a lot of track and back that's why I like Danny Welbeck playing there but somebody who can be positive going forward and for me Rooney for me Gareth Rooney is <laughs> is better than that at Welbeck anyway and mm. th- that means also if you have Sterling and Lallana they can interchange as well can't yeah.
2: they and it's important I think to use people like Sterling and, and you know I can understand maybe the case for Sterling starting um, I think Bartley's somebody to be brought on but getting quite excited just talking about the World Cup now because it's going <laughs> to happen tomorrow which is a, you know, pretty exciting even though I don't sound that excited I will be <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> at 7 o'clock when it starts to oh commence
1: no, I really need to go back to the World Cup I think. Right, okay, I'd like to thank Chris Thompson, Deputy Editor for Love Supreme for coming on we'll be back same time next week and don't think we forgot about this one We are going to go out with the greatest of all the World Cup songs This is New Order Express
0: yourself Bye.